Today I'm talking about the book Discovering Emmanuel, A Path to a Deeper Relationship with Christ by Maureen Fleming. And Maureen Fleming is with me here today. Thank you very much for agreeing to do this. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm super excited to be here. Absolutely. Talk to me about this title, Discovering Emmanuel. How did you first discover Emmanuel? For me, that is a really beautiful story. Okay. And I was, um, I was a cradle Catholic, mm-hmm. and I went to church with my parents regularly. My parents, they were involved, uh, bingo. They taught mm-hmm. catechism. Our home life, we didn't talk a lot okay. about God at home, though I knew he existed. We did. Um, my father would pray grace, usually on the holidays, mm-hmm. but really no other time. I do remember a funny story my brother tells that he was made to ride his bike to confession one day. Mm-hmm. So we definitely were raised in the church. Yep. And I thought that God was far away. So sort of cradle Catholics like most cradle Catholics in this country, kind of the cultural Catholicism. Absolutely. God was up in heaven, Mm -hmm. uh, and heaven was up and away. And as I look back over my life, there were moments where I definitely reached out and I talked to God, but again, it was a God that was far away. Mm -hmm. But I would say it wasn't until I was about 30 years old, and... Uh, Within five days, my father passed away Hmm. and my daughter was born in the other, the other order. My daughter was born first and then my dad passed away. Okay. And that time of grieving uh, was difficult for me, not having experienced grief. Yeah. Kind of the extremes of emotion at the same time. The joyful and the sorrowful so close together. It was, absolutely. I remember the cards coming in the mail. I had pink cards and Mm -hmm. I had gray and white cards and, you know, not knowing what, uh, you know, always what I was going to open. That was a very difficult time for me. And so I did what my dad had always done, Mm -hmm. and that was go to church. Okay. You know, I had been away from the church and so I started going back to church. And when mm-hmm. I sat in the pews, I, I felt good. Um, I felt connected to my dad. Mm-hmm. And um, I listened to a sermon one day, and I called out to God, and mm-hmm. he was right there with me. I think that's a really important thing to focus on for a moment, just that your dad's example helps lead you to a deeper relationship even as you, he was he was raising your family in a way that was kind of culturally Catholic. Still, his own faith share, spread to you in a really profound way. It seems like, I think that's a really important thing to highlight. Just it gives hope, I think, to so many of the parents and the family members who have family members who have lost their faith. That even there, your faithful witness really does matter. Do you have that feeling from your walk? I do. I, I think it is such a great point to stop and really reflect on. Mm -hmm. 
because there were no words really yeah. in in my family, but both of my parents mm-hmm. lived that example. Like I was raised with yeah. love and generosity mm-hmm. and a, a quiet faith yeah. that clearly my parents had. And of course, after my dad passed, my mom and I began to talk more about faith mm-hmm. because she was totally reliant on mm-hmm. her faith to get her through that time. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, of course, like I said, my mother taught CCD and had always been a beautiful example of mm-hmm. Catholic love and Catholic generosity. Yep. But it wasn't until after my dad passed that we really started to talk about what helped her to do those things. Yeah. And then it all made sense. Okay. That's And that's another profoundly important point, I think. Some people like you feel comfortable with writing books, for instance, or with talking about faith. Others simply live it, and they don't have the gift necessarily to proclaim or to write or to talk about it, really. And and both those are valid and both those are important in the church. It sounds like your dad was very much the liver. Your mother was a liver and a talker. And you, I think, the same. You've been involved in your parish in a fairly serious way ever since ever since then, right? I have. That that was really a turning point for me. Um, as I said, I I struggled mm-hmm. and I really needed God. And yeah. when I called out to him, he was there. Mm-hmm. And I like to say he was as close to me mm-hmm. as my breath. Yeah. And I pause for a moment because he was just there waiting for mm-hmm. me, you know, um, he had been there all along. Yeah. And then when I looked into the past, mm-hmm. I could see those moments that he had been there, yeah. though I didn't recognize him. Yeah. Okay. So part of discovering Emmanuel is realizing that you didn't, that he's found you before you went and found him. That's, I think that's helpful. I would hope that's helpful to a lot of people. So then your walk has been kind of very, very family connected. And it seems uh, fairly, um, well, I, don't, I, I want to say gentle. Um, your father's passing, of course, a great sorrow and a great shock, but, but a kind of a, kind of a, uh, uh, a more um, familial sort of um, growth in faith. Am I am I capturing that? Do you think, or I would say that elements of that, mm-hmm. yes. Um, though at the same time, I feel like I was so far away at that time when I called out to him mm-hmm. that I almost feel like it was a Saint Paul kind of conversion. Yeah. Um, but I think the reason why God was able to bring me back so mm-hmm. easily was because of all that I had been familiar mm-hmm. with. Yeah. I had gone away to school. Uh, well, for much of my life, I attended public school. Mm-hmm. But then my freshman year of high school, I was encountering some difficulties. And I asked my mother mm-hmm. if I could go away to school. And she found for me a beautiful boarding school, mm-hmm. the Academy of the Holy Family in Baltic, Connecticut. And it was run by the nuns. Mm-hmm. And being in that environment, that structure, again, 
without my really even knowing at the time yeah. how valuable that was, God really brought me to a place where I could continue my my growth as as a person. Yeah. And they had a beautiful chapel there. And I used to just sneak in yeah. to the back of the chapel. And of course, they sat really in the last pew. And at the time, I would talk to God. But again, I yeah. didn't realize that he could talk to me and mm -hmm. that it was really two-way. Yeah. And of course, he was present in the tabernacle, but I didn't know mm -hmm. or realize that at the time. Yeah. And so when I did begin to discover the presence of Jesus mm -hmm. in the Eucharist, it mm -hmm. was very familiar Yeah. because I had experienced it, mm -hmm. but at a level that I was capable of yeah. experiencing. And okay. I think that that goes back, Chris, to what you were talking about is, you know, hope for mm -hmm. our future generations and just knowing that these seeds that we mm -hmm. plant for our future, yeah. it, it's in God's time that he reveals himself mm -hmm. in the way that he wants to reveal himself, I yeah. believe. Yeah, and what works for one of us doesn't necessarily work for other people. And each of us has our own individual walk with the Lord. So that gives, I, I would hope that gives parents and grandparents a lot more hope for their families, for their kids, for their grandkids. Because, you know, we do hear from Marian helpers, and I know the Marians uh, minister to people who are very, very worried about the future of the faith. But I think that, I think that your, your story is an important uh, reminder that it's not over till it's over. And that discovering Emmanuel is, is a gift and not something that if they just tried a little harder, they would get. It's, it's grace. Okay. What, speaking of graces, what inspired you to write this book? I love that question because this, this, the writing of the book has been, it, it was such an important part mm -hmm. of my journey. And while I was writing it, I wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. I knew who I wanted to write for, but I wasn't really sure. I yeah. thought perhaps I was writing for myself mm -hmm. and it wasn't necessarily going to be something yeah. that was shared. But um, kind of going back to that, that time of God's grace mm -hmm. and discovery after my daughter was born and, and my father's passing, you know, when I said that God had led me, he put different things in my path. And at the time we had a pastor and he, his name was Father Paul, and he talked a lot about the head to heart experience. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand what he was talking about because yeah. I had not experienced that yet. Mm -hmm. And then very shortly he left, uh, he had a different assignment and we had another pastor who came in, Father Ray. Mm -hmm. And he too talked about that head to heart experience. Yep. And I remember thinking, what are they talking about? They're both yep. talking about the same thing and I don't know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And Father Ray um, was and still is co-director of Charismatic Renewal mm -hmm. in the Norwich Diocese along with Judith. And mm -hmm. they, because Father was part of our parish because he was our shepherd, he brought to us a lot of programs that truly helped teach us mm -hmm. how to connect mm -hmm. with God. And one of those programs was Life in the Spirit Seminar. Okay. 
And I remember listening to the speakers and they talked about relationship mm-hmm. with God. And we were really taught how to pray, mm-hmm. how to open up our hearts mm-hmm. to the Lord and how to ask for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, I love I do love to look back and reflect because so many little pieces come together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also remember how much I didn't know, yep. which also gives me great hope <laughs> for the future. But you know, my experience with the Holy Spirit as a child was um, when my grandfather would make the sign of the cross mm-hmm. and say the Holy Ghost. And yeah. that's all I remembered. I didn't remember mm-hmm. what, I, I didn't even know what the Holy Ghost was, even though I had gone through mm-hmm. catechism. And mm-hmm. um, and so learning all of this through, uh, through Father Ray and his ministry mm-hmm. was very important. Okay. And I opened up my heart to the Lord, really recognizing how much I needed him. And I learned really how to connect with Mm -hmm. him through scripture. Okay. So beginning to really pray every day and read the daily scriptures served as a means for me to begin to understand more Mm -hmm. of my faith, but also to connect with God through the scriptures. So learning how to read the scripture and have a conversation with God Mm -hmm. about those scriptures. Yeah. Um, and that's, a, I think, for about the last 20 years, that's what I've been doing regularly, okay. pretty much every day. And right. I just feel like we can, you know, as we take that time with the Lord, mm-hmm. he prepares us yeah. for our day. Okay. And you brought that study of Scripture to bear in this book, focusing on the Scriptures for, I think, the present liturgical season, correct? I did. So the the book is based on the readings, the mm-hmm. Advent readings. And I didn't set out to necessarily write a book for mm-hmm. Advent. I set out to write a book that would help others mm-hmm. who were just like me, yeah. who had not yet discovered God's presence mm-hmm. in and around us. Yeah. And I, I remember sitting in adoration one day and just saying to the Lord, I can't be the only one <laughs> that went all this time without knowing what yeah. I really know now. And I remember saying, you know, I, I want to share this. Yep. And I just started writing. Yeah. I, I just had that inspiration to start writing. And again, I wanted to share, but I wasn't sure if that's where we would be going with it or yeah. if it was really to help me on my own journey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it ended up really being both. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and this is the season for that sort of journey in a lot of ways. Um, a remembering of the first coming of Christ and the incarnation uh, and celebration of the sacramental coming, but also looking forward both ultimately and in our own lives to, to encountering him again, I think. Um, but where do we begin? How do you begin the journey to discover Emmanuel, especially if you're in a dark place in your faith or your life? We're all living in a pandemic still, for Pete's sake. How do we begin to find the Prince of Peace when it seems like there is so little peace? 
I think it's important, as you had said earlier, that we all, we are all unique Mm -hmm. individuals and our relationship with God is going to reflect our uniqueness. Mm -hmm. And I think that everyone you know, has their own means of really connecting. Mm-hmm. For me, it started as conversation. Yeah. I literally remember the moment I was driving in the car and I was thinking, and I realized how much I, in my own mind, mm-hmm. talked to myself. Mm-hmm. My words were directed at me and mm-hmm. whatever was going on in the world, whatever yep. was going on with my family, I was talking about it with myself. Mm -hmm. And I remember having the revelation, why am I talking to myself when I can be talking to God? Mm -hmm. And I, you know, again, looked up (laughs) and said, I'm going to start talking to you now. (laughs) And it was a practice. It was something that uh, formed over time. I would still obviously go back sometimes and find myself talking to myself. And then I would just turn it around Mm -hmm. and begin talking with God. Yep. And so I think for me, that was that was the starting point. But then the scriptures, again, you know, I think if I just stayed talking and didn't do anything else, I probably wouldn't have gotten out of my own head still. Yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't necessarily have learned as much. But turning to the scriptures gave me that conversation piece. Okay. And it still does. Yeah. I, you know, yesterday morning, I, I was just... I was reading and my heart was just in such awe mm-hmm. of of who Jesus is mm-hmm. and the example that he gives to us. Yeah. And it just, you know, I just want to talk to him through the scriptures and I want to pray mm-hmm. more because of the scriptures. And that's, that's I think, a real kind of a progress, a milestone for your journey because you had said that you began in kind of that place of a distant God, of a silent God. And now it's, it sounds like you've had your answer of he speaks to us in scripture in a, in a sort of ordinary way. Um, some people have the extraordinary gifts of like St. Faustina with her divine mercy revelations or um, sometimes people get answers directly in prayer. But no matter what, all of us can hear from God in scripture. And I think that's a profound point. So you you guide people with the book into that, into the scriptures and into meditation on how to reflect and pray. Uh, would you would you say that you're doing Lectio with them? Is it Lectio Divina? I think it is. Okay. Okay. Talk a little bit about that tradition. Uh, some people have heard of it, some haven't. So I, I don't practice it as mm-hmm. I did once have a yeah. book that, you know, brought me through the steps. Yeah. And honestly, I haven't. I, I don't really go back to that, but mm-hmm. each time I look at it, I say, I'm pretty sure okay. <laughs> that is, that's what yeah. we're doing. It's really, I mean, what I'll do is I'll take the time to to read the scriptures mm-hmm. and I'll go back to either a word mm-hmm. or an idea. Yep. And that's what I'll focus on. And sometimes... God and I, through our conversation, you know, we really go off the page. Mm -hmm. And something that I read in scripture can bring me right over to something that's going on in my family or something that's going on in my work. And I feel consolation from God. And, you know, I don't 
I don't always, well, I don't regularly hear from him. Like, it's not an audible. It's not something where he's speaking to me and I can hear through my ears, but I feel through my heart Mm -hmm. and I sense different things. And I, I know from talking with friends and family members that it's one of those those things that it's hard to describe, mm-hmm. but once you experience it, yeah, you understand, and you just get that. Um, I'm just thinking an example from one of my children when we would go to mass and we would have uh, a conversation on the way to mass about something, yeah. and then we would go and either the reading or the homily would be exactly about what we had just talked about. And he would just look at me with that look. He didn't even have to say anything. He just knew that our conversation was one where God had been present. And it's, like I said, it's it's something that I think people really have to Mm -hmm. experience for themselves. So it's kind of like turning on the radio. Like God is always broadcasting. God is always speaking. But going in prayer to his word is tuning into the right station to actually hear from God. It's kind of the sense that I'm getting from that, which is a, a hugely, hugely helpful, I think, sort of testimony to the importance of the Word of God in a Catholic life. Everybody tends to think the Bible is a Protestant thing, but the Bible is ours um, by right of we, our guys wrote it. Um, and, and God continues to speak through it. Do you think that we ever finish this journey of discovering Emmanuel, do we ever, will we ever have read our scripture for the last time and we've, we're done? Or is this, is this sort of a journey that doesn't end the side of heaven? Does it end in heaven? Well, I sure hope that it does not end because mm-hmm. there's so much love and so much yep. life that comes from the daily discovery. Mm-hmm. And God is always teaching us. Yep. And again, I'm going to use my son as a reference for this. One day, my adult son Mm -hmm. called me out on something. Mm -hmm. Uh, The way that I had spoken to him, um, he was very offended. I, Mm -hmm. I was hurtful. And I said to him, you know, in defense of myself, of course, I said, well, what did I say? I I didn't even say anything to you. And he said, Mom, it wasn't what you said. Mm -hmm. It was how you said it. Yeah. And he repeated back to me what I had said. Mm -hmm. And I heard myself (laughs) in his words. Mm -hmm. And it was so hurtful. Yep. And I I apologized and I said I would really try to do better. Mm -hmm. And couldn't have been much more than a week later, I did the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. And I just remember praying and saying, God, can you please help me with this yeah. quickly? Like this is this is painful. Mm-hmm. This is painful for my son and this is painful for me. Can you please help me cuz I know I'm going to be presented with these opportunities to grow mm-hmm. until I actually grow in mm-hmm. this area. And I said, so please help me and help me quickly. And You know, I attribute that ability to even recognize the need to change Mm -hmm. to my prayer life and the time that I spend with God. Because if I didn't spend that time with God, I would have stayed in that defensive mode and I 
don't think I would have allowed or sought Mm -hmm. God's grace in it. And I think that we all want so much to love and to be loved, Mm -hmm. but we have these human hearts. Yep. But then we have this great, big, amazing God who can expand our hearts and truly Mm -hmm. teach us how to love the way that he loves. And I I cannot imagine that I'll ever be there Mm -hmm. until I am with him. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to keep growing and I want to keep trying to love like he loves. Yeah, I think that that that's a a good aspiration for any Catholic. And I think a lot of people tend to think of the the life of faith of either you're doing a good job or you're not, rather than we're all improving, we're all practicing Catholics, not perfect Catholics. What um, what do you think uh, the sort of the ordinary practice of the faith can do to help people discover Jesus? Just the ordinary things, the ordinary mass going, the ordinary round of confession, that sort of thing. Oh, I love our faith, mm-hmm. truly. I just think that our Catholic faith has treasures mm-hmm. that uh, can't even describe. Mm-hmm. And I could never imagine myself being anywhere other than in the midst of this sacramental life. Mm-hmm. I utilize confession and I just I, I you know God is present there and to me that's recognizable through transformation again I mean I don't want to sound like I'm this I'm, I'm not I'm not this um, this person who has it all together I I am a person who struggles mm-hmm. and that's why I need the sacrament and that's why Jesus, in his wisdom, gave us that sacrament because he knew Mm -hmm. what we would need in order to keep going. Because you're you're right. If if we looked at it as imperfect versus perfect, well, we're always going to be imperfect. Mm -hmm. So maybe we would have that tendency to just give up. Mm -hmm. But we can't give up because the goal of love and kindness and connection it's too big of a goal mm-hmm. to to really give up. And yeah. so we need that sacrament so that we can go in and we can feel God's forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And then he can give us that grace that we need yeah. to continue on. And that's just one of the sacraments. I mean, yeah. when you look at the sacrament of marriage, I've been mm-hmm. married for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And there has been so much transformation that has occurred yeah. in my marriage as a result of the faith of both my husband mm-hmm. and me. Yeah. And if God were not part of the equation for us, mm-hmm. I am certain that we would not be where we are now. And I can honestly say, like, we're totally in love, mm-hmm. <laughs> my husband and I. And and that in itself is mm-hmm. such a witness to our kids. Yeah. They they know how much we love each other. They see the way that we look at our perfections and we mm-hmm. celebrate them. And we 
are okay with the imperfections. Like it's just part of the package. And, you know, and I'm so thankful that when my husband looks at me, he's not looking at me under the microscope and picking out all my flaws. He's helping to encourage me Mm -hmm. and to celebrate my goodness and help me to kind of continue on that journey. And I'm doing the same for him. Yeah. And certainly with grace, all things are possible. At the same time, we are usually kind of perfecting rather than perfected in the sight of heaven. And Father Seraphim had a very interesting insight, the late Father Seraphim, whose whose loss we all greatly mourn. Um, But he he would talk about how when God in the Gospels, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And he would always point, there's a parallel text in one of the other Gospels, be merciful as God your Father in heaven is merciful. That we aren't, we aren't perfected by kind of gritting our teeth really hard and checking every box on the list. We're perfected by sharing in the life and the love of God, which only comes to us through his mercy. And we can only receive his mercy by being merciful ourselves. So in order to be perfect, we must be merciful and we must be willing to receive mercy, which I think, I think we tend to overlook. I think in, a, in, in this country especially, we, we, we love the notion of the person who pulled themselves up by their own bootstraps. But there's no Christian who did that. We all depend upon Jesus. We're all saved through Jesus. We're not saved by our own efforts, our own strength. I think that's, that's just, so that's one of those things that we tend to, to just easily forget. So, but it, I also have to follow up with you on one point. But this book isn't just for Advent, is it? No, the book is not just for Advent. It's, again, when we look at Advent season, Mm -hmm. we are looking at preparing our hearts for the coming of Christ. And we know that as Catholics, we are preparing our hearts for the coming of Christ Mm -hmm. every day. Um, Just what we just were talking about, we we need him to go out and to do his work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what you said about mercy is so important. And we need God's mercy. We need to experience that so that we truly can Mm -hmm. give that and and really even know what that is. And again, it's through his grace and his example that we can live a life of mercy. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's all done through Jesus, who is divine mercy incarnate, who is also Emmanuel, God with us. Um, talk to me about some of the ways in which Emmanuel is present to us. The Eucharist is forgotten, so it's really important even to talk about that these days, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I feel that when we are receiving the Eucharist, like we are as close to God as we can possibly be. Mm-hmm while still here on yeah. earth and that that nourishment that he gives us uh, I, I again I, I just can't even imagine not receiving him in the Eucharist mm-hmm. I I feel that when he taught when we read in the scriptures about the bread of life like he yeah. truly is the bread mm-hmm. of life he truly when when we go to receive him what we're doing is asking him to come into us completely, mm-hmm. body, blood, soul, and divinity. Yeah. We are becoming one with him. Mm-hmm. And what a grace that is mm-hmm. to be invited to that banquet with him. Okay. 
Yeah, and the Mass is sacrament, but also word. So talk to me about discovering Jesus, as you have been saying, through Scripture especially, but but it's not just discovering him by reading about someone long past. We encounter him, right, in the word. We do. We encounter him. I, You know, when I think about the scriptures and I was talking about how, you know, we start in, I start in my room, mm-hmm. in my house, but that's not where we stay. Yeah. We go forth mm-hmm. out into the world with him. Mm-hmm. And as a community, we come together to celebrate our beliefs and we mm-hmm. also join in that banquet together mm-hmm. and we need each other yeah we he comes to us through one another okay you know when when i'm sitting here with you jesus is in mm-hmm. you jesus yeah. is in me mm-hmm. and we are able to become stronger mm-hmm. because of our individual relationship with him and then our coming together in that, our communion. Mm -hmm. And of course, when you talk about uh, communion and we talk about mass, there's the whole communion of saints. There's all of heaven that is joining us at that mass. You know, we're sitting in our, we're sitting in our pew and there's Mm -hmm. a lot going on there that we don't see, but through faith, Mm -hmm. we believe. So then, Love of God leads us to love neighbor, leads us to discover Emmanuel in our neighbor, just our Catholic neighbor or all our neighbors? Of course, all of our neighbors. <laughs> of course, God is mm-hmm. in each and every one of us. We are all his creation. Yeah. and I Some th- still estranged, but still all of us intended to be children of God. Absolutely. All of us made to be children of God, yeah. All of us made to be children of God. Yep. And I think that when we look at our neighbor and mm-hmm. when we look at those who are estranged, mm-hmm. we have to look at them with kindness, yeah. compassion, but also hope mm-hmm. and trust, as we heard in today's gospel, yeah. right? You know, today we heard about, you know, Jesus is going to leave his flock to go find mm-hmm. the one. And we have to believe that he's going to to do that, that yep. he's always pursuing. But of course, mm-hmm. we have to be that witness and that example so yeah. that people know who he is. And, you know, we don't do that by, you know, raising our fists and, and raising our voices. We do that by living a life of love, yeah. which, you know, I talk a lot about, but I really do try to do and mm-hmm. just getting back to, but I need the sacraments to do that. Yeah. I, you know, I need that that sacrament of reconciliation and I need the Eucharist yeah. where God can nourish me mm-hmm. and then set me out. Yeah. So as we discover Emmanuel, we have to also be helping others to discover Emmanuel. What what are some what are some practical ways people can do that? What does it look like? I mean, not even necessarily if you're feeling particularly charitable today, or you're having a bad day. How even in that in those circumstances can you help someone discover Emmanuel? Well, I want to go back to what we've really been talking about and what the focus is mm-hmm. of the book. You know, the book is really set up where we read scripture, mm-hmm. we reflect upon the scripture. Mm-hmm. And then we pray Mm -hmm. about what we have read and what we have reflected upon. And by doing that, then we are opening ourselves up to God's grace. We are Mm -hmm. opening ourselves up to transformation. And I think that 
the best way to witness is to start with that, yeah. you know, to really start with our own transformation. How often mm -hmm. have we seen actions by Christians that are totally yeah. contradictory to what mm -hmm. Jesus himself would have done? Yeah. And no words yeah. can fix that. Well, us on a bad me on a bad day, I suppose. Yeah, that as well. Um, contributes to those hurts, contributes to that kind of obscurity, makes the, the glass a bit darker for people to try to see Jesus. But then you've talked about the importance of confession. Yes. You talked about the importance of a regular sacramental life. Yes. And in Scripture, it says that almsgiving covers many many sins. And so those little works of mercy can then help to, to clear the fog, open, open history to more grace. Talk to me about um, that process of accompanying someone else on their journey of discovering Emmanuel. There's kind of the, the witness that we can give to strangers just by our faith. But then there's also that really challenging but incredibly get graced um, like with your son or your father to you of, of in a family. Kind of a mentoring accompaniment, kind of that, that, that more deeply relational accompaniment. Talk about some of the characteristics of that. Yes, of course. And, you know, I, I keep going back to in the first thing that we have to do is really live that love. Yeah. And I think that we when can't give what we don't have. We yeah. can't. And and we can't preach what we're not living. Yeah. We're and, trying to live at least. <laughs> and oh, exactly. Yeah. And, and trying to live. And I know I keep saying that. And I, I don't again, I don't mean that mm -hmm. we we do it perfectly, but yeah. people can see when we're genuinely trying. Yeah. You know, and yeah. there's a lot of witness in that, too. Like, yeah. how do we handle our own failures and our own mistakes? Mm -hmm. And how do we treat ourselves when we feel like we didn't quite measure up or do what we were supposed to? There's witness in that, too. Yeah. You know, we can show others the mercy yeah. of the Lord by how merciful we are to ourselves. And yeah. and people know what's genuine mm -hmm. and, and what's not. And so yeah. I will always go back to that. Like we have to be genuine ourselves. Yep. And then from there, I think that when we are mm -hmm. accompanying someone else, yep. I think it's so important that we listen, Yeah, that we listen to where mm -hmm. they're coming from. We listen to where they're at and we remember where we have been ourselves. Yeah. I know for myself, I, you know, sometimes I would forget that. Mm -hmm. I would forget my own struggles of long ago, yeah. even though I have struggles of today. But mm -hmm. I think especially when you're accompanying someone who is just starting to think mm -hmm. that maybe God's not so far away. Yeah. Maybe he is close. Mm -hmm. We have to remember where we were at that time yeah. of discovery. And just like God sent Jesus here to be one of us so that mm -hmm. we could be one with him, yeah. I think we have to be one with that person. We have to meet them where they're at, yeah. which means no judgment. Mm -hmm. It means no preaching. Yeah. It means truth mm -hmm. and trust that just as God yeah met us where we were at mm -hmm. and continue to meet us where we're at. Yeah. That's how we have to mm -hmm. be with our friends who we're walking with. And we have to let them know that we struggled yeah. and struggle. Yeah. And that we are imperfect mm -hmm. 
and will be imperfect and not put that on them, but help them to understand. You know, we talked earlier about the joys and the sorrows. The joys and the sorrows make up our life. And what we want to share is how God helps us Mm -hmm. through that. You know, how does God walk with us? You know, what were our struggles and where was God within that? And really share that with others and they'll get that sense yeah. of of truth and they'll get that sense again that you know we are genuine this is real and there's lots more along those lines to be discovered in this book Maureen Fleming thank you so much for coming to talk to us to order discovering emmanuel by Maureen Fleming please visit shopmercy.org this has been sparks of mercy jesus i trust in you I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you.